0: November 9th, 2018, 11 days before my 40th birthday, I started a Facebook blog page called Zero Shame 40s. It was an homage to my shame-focused therapy, and for some reason, people liked it, and now there's a podcast. The page is all about me, Lacey J., but the podcast is all about you. My friends and family have agreed to chat with me about their unique lives. Everyone has something to say if you're willing to listen. These Are Zero Shame Stories. Hey, everybody. Welcome, ZSFers. It's I Can't Believe It, Episode 8 of Zero Shame Stories. I'm Lacey, and as always, with me... Ben. Ooh, you came in nice that time. I did. Oh. hmm. All right. How's it going, babe?
1: Ah, uh, it's going all right. It's Friday. That's nice. No,
0: it's not. It's Sunday.
1: Oh, we have to act like we recorded this on Sunday? Yeah. Really? <laughs> Seriously? We usually do. Okay, so we didn't today. It doesn't really matter. <laughs> okay, d- does the date that we record this on really matter that much?
0: No, but it's released on Sunday.
1: Okay, so... Hey guys, we're phoning it in a bit early because we've got other things going on this weekend. I'm sure you understand. This
0: is amazing. Are you, are we going to leave this little argument? In? I
1: fully intend on leaving this argument in there. Well, yeah. that's So
0: funny. Okay. So when I asked you what you wanted to talk about this week, you were like, well, we could talk about that. We're arguing a lot. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So take it away. That was your topic. <laughs> Go ahead.
1: Um, I mean, yeah, it's, I, you know, we, uh, when you spend like a year and a half with somebody, um, right next to them at all times, incapable of escape, um, it, it can wear on you. And I think like, you know, we had, we had talked about this previously that, you know, I had this sort of weird, I guess almost unrealistic expectation of what like being free, you know, being, being able to go out would be like, Mm Hmm. Um, you know, we went out to dinner and we went to some friends parties and we had some, I went to a friend's party and we had like a couple of things that we hosted over here. And, Mm -hmm. um, you know, it was like this, Hey, there's all the social stuff. But then I realized like, I'm still working from home and it was still like 95% of my life stayed exactly the same. Mm -hmm. And, um, I think that, uh, that sort of like,
0: so you figured you might as well argue with me. (laughs) Well, uh,
1: yeah, I mean, I didn't, I didn't, it wasn't like a conscious thing, but yeah, I mean, I was subconsciously just being a dick.
0: You were subconsciously being a dick. I see. Well, I don't know that you were being a dick. Yeah, we've. Was I being
1: a dick when I slept? And unconsciously being a dick. I
0: was like, "What? Okay." (laughs) (laughs) We have to cut a little bit of that. Um, Why? I don't know. All right, you weren't. you, You weren't being a dick. Yeah, we were. We've been bickering this week, but you know. Actually, I feel like the stuff that we end up arguing about ends up being constructive. But yeah, I think that we just both have like nervous energy. Just stuff isn't quite back to normal. We're getting kind of a taste of it, but it just still feels like, ugh. Yeah. Um although Seattle Seattle hit seventy percent vaccinated, so we're at herd immunity here in our in our area. Heard that. Which I feel thankful for.
1: Yeah, um me too.
0: Okay, so yeah, other than bitching at your wife, what's going on with you this past week?
1: I mean, nothing really. Uh, I mean, honestly, yeah, it's like work, (laughs) and then I think I've done some some podcast production. Um, We were, you know, did some work on the on the Lost podcast this week. Yeah, Um, I'm excited because I'm using a a, a transcription uh, like cloud. Based transcription stuff. So now all I have to do is like watch the episode and then talk into this same mic, record that, and then I just throw that into a cloud, and uh, it does all the transcription for me. And then so I just gotta go back and edit it. Yeah, so you
0: mean so you have an outline to present? An yeah, episode. Yeah. yeah, I
1: don't have to like watch the show and use some crappy outline that I got from someplace else.
0: Yeah, we've been working really hard on the Lost podcast, um, Lost in My Forties, where four of us go through and and well, three of us rewatch the show we watch. We, we, we whoa. whoa. Three of us we were. will be re-watching uh, Lost after, you know, we watched it 17 years ago when it when it premiered, and, yeah. and one of us has never seen it. And uh, yeah, we're busy in uh, production of that right now, and it's actually going really well. And yeah, it's, it's, fun. it's fun. Yeah, it, is, it fun. is fun. Um, Let's see, there was one other thing that happened this weekend that, like, was really wild for mm. me. Um, I got some closure uh, uh, from a really traumatic uh, situation um, that I went through a few years ago, and it's super complicated. Those of you that follow the page know a lot about it, but the unbelievably uh, short version um, is that I had a friend who betrayed me, um, lied right to my face, um, and stabbed me in the back. And that is the ultimate short version Happened a couple of years ago and I came face to face with her this weekend. Um, I
1: mean, literally, it's like, it was like running into somebody in an alley. <laughs> like you could not avoid one another.
0: Yeah. Well, <laughs> Ben just happened to be right behind me. So what happened was we were at a party. I saw that she was there. I couldn't, I couldn't look her in the face. I could look at her. I could see her peripherally, but I couldn't look in her direction. And I felt it like there was no way I was going to be able to make eye contact. Yeah. Um, because it's just too much for me. I, I, being somebody who's gone through a lot of trauma in their life, I tend to just completely shut down um, out of protection and um things like making eye contact can be incredibly uh, uncomfortable for me. Even Ben, you can attest to that. Even when we like argue, I won't look you in the face or like if we're having an emotional moment, you always want me like look at me and I can't. I like yeah. physically can't do it. Yeah. Anyway, so <laughs> we were outside in the backyard and I think Ben and I both at the same time were like, Oh gosh, we got to go to the bathroom. (laughs) So we got to walk in the house and I open the door and I step into the kitchen and I'm literally face to face with her. And I mean, to
1: to be fair, she was four or five paces away, but you guys were walking right toward each other and there was like an island there. So there was no, there was no going around.
0: No. Uh, right, right, right. Like I I wasn't like inches from her, but we were, if we had continued moving, we would have collided Yeah, yeah. in seconds. And
1: within kicking distance very quickly. <laughs> yeah.
0: And, um, so when I say that I had imagined this moment a thousand times in a thousand different ways in my head over the past few years, I'm not exaggerating. It could be tens of thousands of times, um, because I have anxiety and I'm obsessive and, um, The wild thing is when it actually happened, it happened so suddenly and it was so unexpected that every thought I ever had went out of my head and I reacted and didn't realize what I had said or done until it was over. (laughs) Um, So the reaction that I had was my most just primal and honest reaction because I couldn't do anything else. And to be quite honest, I was absolutely flabbergasted at what happened and I couldn't believe it. And I feel like I have closure and I'd tell you the truth. I'm not fucking worried about her. So what happened? I saw that it was her. I immediately looked down. I couldn't, I couldn't take it. But as I was looking down, I could see she smiled and she said very warmly, hi, Lacey. Um."
1: To which you responded.
0: (laughs) (laughs) You guys. I stayed looking down, and I stepped aside to give her room to walk past me, and I said, "No, you do not want to do this. That's some advice." And, then, and that was—that's <laughs> what came out of my mouth. It
1: was—I I don't think you can actually get the like for the listeners. I don't think you—you you can understand what a what a decisive moment that was. <laughs> I was sort of—I was super fucking impressed. You like, actually
0: went oh.
1: <laughs> oh. Well, yeah, like, she walked out. Of Once she, like, closed the door, I was like, oh, damn. Oh, I like, didn't
0: realize she wasn't there because I continued to walk. I just heard you make that noise, and I just kept, like, going to the bathroom. But, guys, I couldn't be happier with what happened. I do not want to have a connection with, with this person. Um, they did something really horrible to me, and I very, very rarely forgive to the point that I will allow someone back into my life that just... just I just rarely, yeah. rarely happens.
1: Well, you, you, I guess I you, 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 sl- a, you slam that door shut.
0: Yeah, I am an expert at cutting ties. Um, and I, it's just, a, it's a survival response. I cannot deal with people who are toxic around me. Um, anyways, the, the, the point is, um, I was shocked at what came out of my mouth. And I was pleased. And I hope it made a point. And we exist in the same circles. We're going to have to be around each other. Um, but I hope I'm not approached ever again. I, I hope that... <laughs> That did it. Um, And, you know, in hindsight, I'm glad because the things that I imagined saying to her um, were things that I would not be proud to actually say out loud.
1: Yeah, you've uttered some of them before. Oh, wow. To you, I have. Yeah, they're... they're,
0: I have Mm. vicious fantasies. I'm going to go ahead and um, admit that. Yeah. Um, But I'm not a vicious person. It's, I I just, it's a place that my head goes. And so um, clearly when put on the spot, my natural reaction was just, no, I'm not going to do this. I'm setting this boundary and and that's that. And I'm just so fucking happy about it. And I feel closure from an issue that I didn't think I was ever going to get closure from. And I feel fucking great. So. That's that. That's
1: that. That's that's all I got to say about that.
0: <laughs> oh my god, I, I totally watched Forrest Gump like just a couple days ago. I you would know that you were there. We're in the house together. All
1: no, the time. but I've been on a real big boat. <laughs>
0: um. All right, yeah. So, oh, one other thing. I'm back on Facebook. I did my full 30 day ban for saying we should kill the filibuster. <laughs> um which by the way we should
1: I disagree. I think <laughs> About we the should, I think we should hate fuck it and then kill it. <laughs> well. I mean since we since we can say what we want here, <laughs> can we? Fuck the Facebook Nazis.
0: <laughs> so, um yeah. Anyway, so I'm I'm back. I'm back on Facebook. Looks like democracy's crumbling. Um, so let's
1: <laughs> Smoke them if you got them. <laughs> I'm,
0: I don't know what else to say. Let's walk hand
1: in hand into oblivion. Uh,
0: yeah. All righty. So um, today, today uh, we are talking to, or I am talking to your cousin, Sabrina. Yes. Yeah. Do you want to say anything about that? She's not going to hear it. She says she's never going to listen to this because she can't stand the way that um the sound of her own voice, which... I don't blame her. Having um, to listen to these these podcasts for uh, content check and edits um, is, has taken some getting used to. But anyways, to Ben.
1: And the question was, do I have anything to say?
0: <laughs> yeah, about your cousin. We just saw her. Obviously, she came over and recorded this on uh, Memorial Day weekend, and we had a little family thing.
1: I mean, yeah, I think I, you sort of provide a, a summary of our of our you know relationship so far. But yeah, yeah. she's In the you know yeah. she and, and her husband are, are awesome, and they've got two mm-hmm. great kids. Mm-hmm. Um, and I really feel like you know, looking at the way that that like I was raised, and knowing that you know, um, I, I, I see them doing a lot of the things that. Um, in retrospect, like I, I kind of wish that my family had done,
2: mm-hmm.
1: um, sort of, uh, I don't know. There's, there's just, I, her kids have so many more ex- experiences at their, at their age than I ever had the opportunity to have. Mm-hmm. Not saying like, I'm not saying what was me. Like I had a, you know, I had a pretty comfy upbringing, all things considered, but, um, she's really, I think, making an effort mm-hmm. to make her children worldly. And I think that's yep. really fucking cool. Yeah,
0: it is really cool. I think and- it's
1: necessary
0: well, especially for this fucking country and the people, I mean, Jesus, her kids are going to be, I feel like way ahead. And, and that was why I asked her to be on the, on the podcast because it's about homeschooling. She, uh, homeschools them. And I thought it was really interesting, uh, the schooling that they were doing. And like you said, the experiences and yeah. the, and the sort of worldliness of it. And, um, so I asked her to, to talk about it and I guess that is a perfect uh, segue. So. Here we go, guys. It's Sabrina.
1: Let's cue those sweet tunes.
0: (laughs) Hey there, welcome, everybody. We are here today with my cousin-in-law. Is that a thing?
2: I, mean, uh, I have I no idea.
0: I, sure. I guess that's technically true. Uh, my cousin-in-law, uh, Sabrina, who is the cousin of my husband, Ben, who you all know. Welcome. Thanks for being here today. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I'm excited to talk about this. So um, first, I, well, we always talk about how we know each other. I guess I kind of gave that away. So <laughs> <laughs> maybe instead, um, let's talk about when you and Ben were kids. Did you guys spend a lot of time? together as kids. Like, I I grew up around my cousins, but you were
2: in different states, right? We were. So they were in, uh, Ben and his sister um, were down in Texas, and I lived in Michigan at the time, but they did come up almost every summer. So we were always, you know, really close over the summers, and we would go do Mm -hmm. excursions with our grandparents uh, and things Mm -hmm. like that. So I, I knew them enough, not as well as, like, the cousins who lived in the same state, but, like, also we were we were pretty close because of the long mm-hmm. summers. Yep. Right, but then just
0: by chance, um now we all live in uh Washington in the Seattle yep. area. Um so, you know, that's awesome to have some family around. It is. Um yeah. So, yeah, I would think with my cousins we I lived near all of them until I was like 9, I think, is when my when we moved to Maryland. And then it was the same kind of thing where we would go back to my dad's and we would see them like summers and stuff Mm -hmm. like that and do excursions or or whatever. Yeah. Um, All right. So today we are here to talk about homeschooling because you are currently homeschooling both of your kids. And I believe that has been the entire course of their education thus far, right? Were they ever in public school?
2: Yeah. So my daughter was, um, she did kindergarten, like a half day. It was the last year that they could do half day kindergarten. Mm -hmm. Um, So she did that. And then she did uh, half of a year of first grade in public school as well. Um, We have choice schools here as well. So she actually got into one of the choice schools, which really just means it's a lottery to get into like kind of this more specialized public school. Uh, So she did that. um, And it was then, so i you know, spent a whole lot of time volunteering. That I started seeing kind of the the ins and outs of the public system, and realized it wasn't exactly what I wanted. Um, mm-hmm. At the time, she was very bored and was tired of just you know, like sitting around. Okay, well, I'm done with my stuff. They just make me read. I'm done with my stuff. They just make me read. You know, so she was kind of okay over over that part of it. Okay, so is that um the main? Reason
0: that you kind of turned away from public school is that it's more standardized as opposed to specialized to the student, not or, necessarily or at least to your to your daughter in particular.
2: Yeah, that was definitely um, sorry the the catalyst to looking at other options. Um, it was. A number of things. I would say, so there were all the rules about you can't run on the wood chips during playground time. And I was like, wait, what? Like you can't run and you can't, like there was all these rules that kept coming up. And so from my perspective, I was like, so when do they get to just be kids? Like they have to walk in lines, they have to, you know, do all this stuff. And, and that's not real life. Like that's not teaching you anything for the real world. Uh, I don't yeah. ever have to walk in a line <laughs> to go down the hallway <laughs> <laughs> um, yet. You know, they still know how to line up like as we all do. So yeah. anyway, a, a lot of things, the teacher, it wasn't as much uh, one-on-one attention as I wanted uh, and also To be very frank, I was missing her. It was, you know, Mm -hmm. like I had kids because I wanted to spend time with them. And as hard as it is, uh, Mm -hmm. it was definitely because I was like, wait, first grade, you're gone from, you know, if you take the bus from like eight o'clock until 430. And that was just a really long time to be away from her at that age, too. Mm -hmm. Okay. So how did you get the idea
0: for homeschooling? So, like, did, did my... you see something? Did someone tell you, or were you just like, "I"? I it just sort of came to you.
2: I have, my sister-in-law uh, homeschools all four of her kids um, okay. and has done so successfully. So I had that as an example. I had also been researching in a kind of role in the crunchy crowd anyway. Um, so I had friends <laughs> that were also homeschooling. And at the time, honestly, it was seemed so daunting and overwhelming and mm-hmm. just beyond what I ever thought I would do. And I was like, wait a second, you mean you give up, you know, like sending them off somewhere, like kind of free daycare, if you will? Uh, and do this thing at home. And I think that was part of it too. Like the more I got into public school, I was like, you know, I can do what they're doing now. And so my goal all along was to just do not, I don't, I didn't have a plan to go to fourth grade or fifth grade or sixth grade or high school or whatever. It was just, let me just take this one year at a time and see how we're doing. And if at any time it's not working for either one of us, she'll go back into school. Um, Mm -hmm. and now that I've got both kids, we're doing, you know, same approach. Like there are some indications that my son might do better in public school and that that's an option for us in the future as well. So,
0: okay. So once you had the idea or you, you had made the decision, how did you go about
2: starting? Was there an organization that you, um, leaned on? So I had some friends uh, in the school that she was at previously that had done um, – it was a parent partnership school. And so they had told me about that, and I had no idea it existed in our district. Um, so I did a tour there and was very impressed, and it seemed like the type of atmosphere I wanted. So it was kind of a blend of both worlds. And, and actually what she does is officially called public school. However, I do 90% of the home education. So – um Okay. So I learned about it kind of through there. I had those examples from my sister-in-law that she was homeschooling. This was kind of a hybrid approach. So I felt like I had a little bit of a safety net to catch me if anything didn't work. Um, okay. And with that, there are c- certificated teachers there as well that kind of uh, oversee. So I, I turn in a monthly progress report to them. Um, oh, okay. And yeah, Uh yeah, it was just the safety net I needed to like, all right, you know, talked back and forth with my husband about, is this okay? Like, should we try this? I, I don't know. It feels really daunting and scary, but but having mm-hmm. that was a, enough of a parachute to start. Okay. And so do they set the curriculum
0: for you or are they just Good kind question. of monitoring? <laughs> yeah. And like taking in the reports? Like, is it, how structured is that?
2: Yeah. So- there are a number of homeschool partnerships around the area. So the one that I uh, am involved with does a little bit of both. So we have um, certificated teachers are there that are there. I choose actually all the curriculum. Our only stipulation, because we are under state funds, is that I can't have any religious, uh, you know, texts or anything like that oh, that okay. I use as part of my budget money. Yeah. Um, so it's it because of public funds, like a charter school. Separate.
1: Oh, interesting. Okay.
2: Okay. Okay. So yeah, so the blessing and the curse is I have to do all the research of the curriculum. So there is not a set curriculum through there. A lot of people, I think, sign up thinking there is. Um, So no, it was super daunting at first to start looking at like, oh, what am I going to teach for fourth grade? What am I going to teach for second grade? How am I going to approach kindergarten? And it's great to have the flexibility. It's also really Mm -hmm. daunting to have the flexibility.
0: Yeah. 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 I can imagine. Um, I would feel the same. So when you started, then your daughter, it would have been first grade or were you still yes. doing part of? Kin- okay. Okay. Yeah. So, so she started in the um,
2: second, we we broke at uh, Christmas break and said, so, even though first semester goes a little bit beyond that, that was enough of a clean break to say like, all right, let's start at that point. A lot of people go uh, or recommend um, when you homeschool to do kind of a deschooling period. Um and so that's okay. what we did. We essentially said, "All right, first grade, we're done here with public school. Let's deschool," which just means take a break from the you know, the pressures of school. Let's just have fun, let's build Legos, let's read books, let's just take it easy and kind of like forget about all that kind of pressure and things that like workbooks and that kind of stuff. Let's not do any of that right now. Which was a perfect timing cuz it's winter, you can have hot chocolate, you can be outside, you can read books and it's like a comfy, cozy period to kind of settle into a different yeah. way of schooling. Yeah. Okay. So uh, what did she think when when you
0: when you pulled her out and said, we're going to start doing this at home? Did she have an opinion or was she just sort of young
2: enough that it was like, oh, you know, whatever? She definitely has. <laughs> she always has an opinion. <laughs> well, okay, that's fair. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I think she was really excited to start it. Um, I am not very good. So I just... Gave you this great blurb about deschooling and yeah. how important the homeschooling community thinks that is, and I absolutely failed at it. So I, oh no, uh, you know, I was like, oh yeah, I know, I know I'm supposed to do this, but my personality is not such that I could just, you know, totally lay back and not do anything. I was like, oh no, we have to do, yeah. because all of us, pretty much, there are, I'm sure, some listeners in your community that were homeschooled, but a lot of us were schooled in, um, I think the word is compulsory or traditional uh, mm-hmm. education models. And so that to, to me meant like, we still have to do the math. We still have to do the science. We still have to do the language arts. We still have to, you know, like I had a very different idea in my head about how school was supposed to look. So it was really hard mm-hmm. for me and it still is hard for me to kind of let go and, and let her be in charge of her own education. Uh, mm-hmm. it's something I battle with I probably daily if, you know, if not weekly daily all the time. Um, Yeah, because it's not just the 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 idea behind homeschooling outside of
0: those that do it specifically for religious reasons, which is going to be like a whole other thing (laughs) Um, and and potentially not actually education. But um, so but. My understanding, like, let me know if this is correct, is that the learning environment, it's more of just, it's more tactile. It's more learning through doing, it's experiences as opposed to sitting with, like, lesson
2: and test. Or is it a combo of of the two? So here comes that blessing and a curse thing. It can be anything you want it to be. Um, And especially the teachers that are at the school that we chose are very open to learning in different styles. Uh, and and a lot okay. of times we get uh, parents and students who are either neurodivergent or have, um, you know, issues where a traditional class setting doesn't work for them. Um, mm-hmm. And so I'm seeing those examples around me and going, oh, that's right. You know, so I will back up one and say, when she was in first grade, uh, before we left the public school that she was at, um, one of the things that struck me was when when the kids all came back to school, the teachers had them write, what are they most looking forward to that year? Um, And I saw a lot of like field trips or recess or um, basically things that did not have anything to do with the classroom. Like that wasn't what was engaging to the kids. And I was kind of a light bulb moment of like, oh yeah, like the place where you learn the most is field trips in real life and, and things that you're interested in. Um, So, and all the time from then until now has been a balance of I need to teach math, but I also need to help her find her passions. Uh, and mm-hmm. both of my kids, I, I keep saying her because she was my first, but uh, both of them to find how to learn through other things. So you and I, when we're interested yep. in something, we read and we maybe watch a YouTube and we go after what we're interested in. Um, it's very much the same thing for kids who are not learning in a traditional setting. It's Mm-hmm. Hey, you know, my daughter has a very uh strong passion for art, so she does a lot of YouTube videos for learning how different techniques um she's learned mm-hmm. digital art this year by watching YouTube and is making great great things as a result. so that's her passion. My son does a lot of game uh game schooling game, learning through minecraft, and it's mm-hmm. I'm going on a tangent here, but it's <laughs> um, <laughs> one of those things where once you see what fuels them, you know that there's learning in each situation. Yeah. While I want them to know history, we do a little bit of that uh, as well. But I also try and give them enough time throughout the week to follow what passions they have so far as well. And all of it's learning.
0: Yeah, I feel like I could have benefited from something like this cuz I was that like I would get bored in mm-hmm. school and and to not sometimes just not even do the work cuz I was just so bored with the school environment. Yeah.
2: How many um, times can I do the same multiplication or whatever problem on the same worksheet like 7 times over? It's yeah. Yeah, and and I think it's a learning style thing because I'm a tactile learner.
0: I can't mm-hmm. you you cannot explain to me how to do something. I absolutely mm-hmm have to do it. And not only do I have to do it, but I have to fail at doing it. And every, when I fail is when I learn. Right. Which has been an interesting lesson in life to realize that like it's part, it's a necessity for learning. So I have to stop obsessing over the failures. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But yeah, um, it, it's, that's interesting. Uh, the the technique, like the way that, that they're learning is more immersive. And... Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, I just think that's going to be better for some types of people.
2: Yeah, it, a lot of, uh, so this program, you have to go through a um, kind of an initiation, not initiation, but a, like a learning period of uh, how do you work in this school, how do you function in this school, and they also do a parent mm-hmm. uh teaching component of that as well. Um, And one of the things they say is just in the beginning, like find out what type of learner your kid is. Some people really need to hear it, you know, the auditory learning and need to listen and hear that. Some need to really do it, the kinesthetic learners. um, And then, you know, the visual learners, uh, all those different times. So most of us have a little bit of each. A lot of us have that, just like you have, like that tactile, like I need to do it to figure out what's going on.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Just absolutely have to. I struggle through just reading reading textbooks. and But if you can talk me through something and let me actually do it, and then mm-hmm. let me do it again, then I'm like, oh, oh, oh mm-hmm. that's... And then I, I could go back and read it and be like, oh, that's what they meant. Right. Yeah. Yep. Interesting. So how do you deal with having... Um, Kids of, wait now, how they're about four years apart, is that right? Yeah, or like three and close a half. To five, yeah. Three and a half, okay, yep. Um, so how do you deal with making a learning environment for two people of different ages and different
2: learning stages? Um, a uh, couple weeks at a time. <laughs> I, uh, yeah, so I, when my son entered homeschool with us, so he was doing pre K, and then when it came, Came time for him to do kindergarten. I was like, okay, like here's here's my grand master plan. Which here again is the failure part. Like homeschooling is nothing if not for knocking you down off your high horse of thinking you knew what you were doing. Um, he, <laughs> I went fully into his kindergarten year thinking I'm gonna do this level of curriculum with him. I'm gonna do this other level of curriculum for her. And I started doing that, and it was so much and so overwhelming. We fudged our way through it. It was not ideal. And after that first probably semester of doing that, I was like, okay, throw the hands up. This is not going to work. Like I can't teach two separate levels. Um, Mm -hmm. So what we ended up doing is combining, um, I will just say, like I use, it's called Build Your Library uh, is Mm -hmm. the curriculum that we use. And so it has a bit of history, a bit of science um, and some literature components. And then I do a separate math uh, curriculum. So basically they each have their own math levels. Uh mm-hmm. we work through those. What I ended up doing is combining the levels. So um one portion that we learned or that we're learning right now, we did early modern history last year. We're doing modern history this year. So we just do all the readings together. So at, you know, the most convenient times is when we're eating lunch or breakfast or something like that all together. And I'm like, okay, you guys eat. I'm gonna read from the history book right now. And then later on in the afternoon we maybe oh, do Something where, um, you know, if we were studying a couple of years ago, it was ancient world. So we did, um, you know, some prehistoric like cave drawing things kind of stuff. So that's what makes that part of history stick for them. We did mm-hmm. kind of cave paintings on a paper bag. And so now they always remember that part of it or carving um, soap, uh, you know, how Native Americans would have carved bone or wood. So we did that. And those are the things that make history tangible for mm-hmm. them as well.
0: Yeah, that's really interesting. So um, how how are grades handled? Like when they are, if they continue with homeschooling through their entire um, high school, middle school, high school education, then how, and when you go to apply to a college, if that's what they decide or a technical school or for whatever requirements, mm-hmm. how, what do you have to give? How does that work? Where do the, like, how do grades happen?
2: Yeah. So remember that part where I said I take it a year at a time, (laughs) right? (laughs) Okay. (laughs) I take it a year at a time. I I know that there are uh, help for high school um, classes out there and stuff for the homeschool parent. I know that there are ways to track credits. I know a lot of it Mm -hmm. becomes just from the stuff that I've seen where you start tracking hours of things that they're doing. So it's not necessarily grades. We're not so concerned with that. And honestly, it is kind of a false, you know, that doesn't show anything about how much you learned. It shows how much you could remember for a test. Um, when I in, got in my situations, my,
0: yeah, exactly. The yes, yeah, standardized testing is just a failure. Um, <laughs> when I got my technician license, like in order to get licensed, you have to have so many hours of book work and then you have to have mm-hmm. so many hours of practicum. Um, yeah. and so, yeah, I mean, that's just, that's the same, uh, so, yeah, so idea I remember, as um, the, kind of what you're talking
2: Exactly. So like for high school, I know that there was definitely like, oh, okay, well, if they're swimming for, you know, taking swim team or something, then you log that, you know, five hours a week as their PE time as well. So they're doing swim time, but that counts as their PE time. And, you know, or we went to the science museum or did, you know, anything. And you count that as Mm -hmm. time toward their credit for that uh, subject, I guess. Okay, I see.
0: Um, And, and so, like, who... How would you get a transcript? Is that even a thing or how? I guess I just don't, it is I don't, I don't
2: understand because I know people that are schooled at home go to college. So. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and actually, I, yeah. I know I always hear because, I mean, it's probably, you know, just listener bias too, but because I am in that uh, realm that a lot of homeschoolers do really well on uh, college application type things and get accepted at a pretty high rate. Yeah, I would imagine um, they have the life experience. Yep, Absolutely. Um, And and have been allowed in most cases to follow that and and have a linear path of like, I wanted to do X and here's how I researched it. And here's how I executed it. And, you know, here's the final result Um, versus you don't always Mm -hmm. get that in, you know, the more compulsory traditional type public school. Um, So transcripts, you essentially you can write your own. There's uh, guides out there. So you say, I'm going to teach this course. And then you have, Mm -hmm. um, I believe, and again, this is all kind of future out for me. I've got at least three sure. years, but I do need to start researching. Um, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, a lot of it is <laughs> um, kind of, yeah, researching and writing down the hours and what you're in, what you're going to teach for that class.
0: Yeah. I mean, that's exactly what I went through too, is I had to keep track of the hours and, you know, have um, my instructors and veterinarians, mm-hmm. and, you know, that kind of thing sign off. Which on in it. a traditional school. So yeah. yeah,
2: that's exactly what the teachers do anyway, but it's just already plugged into a computer with a, you know, nice little algorithm versus I right. need to create that on my own. Okay. Um,
0: so what is your favorite lesson that you've done you, uh, so far over the years? Do you have one?
2: I guess one of the more recent uh, things that we did is we learned a lot about uh, Lewis and Clark, And their expedition, and because it was in the middle of COVID, and because we couldn't do much (laughs) of anything else. Like, by the way, COVID schooling is not the same as homeschooling. This year has sucked because we can't go do the fun field trips and stuff that we want to do. So, I I want to like preface by saying this is not a normal year. This is not how homeschool is every year. Like, every one of us parents who tried to. Flub through this past year of homeschooling. It just is not what homeschooling typically is. That yeah. said, um, yeah, the Lewis and Clark thing was cool. We uh, ended up going to Yellowstone over the summer. It was super smoky, but we still were allowed or able to um, follow their their path out there and back and go stand at the places where they saw the three states and um, mm-hmm. you know, stood at the river where they. Went down the river, read about on all the little natural uh, signposts along the trip about their journey and about, you know, how, yeah, from food to who led them to Sacagawea to seeing their learning about history in real context like that was super awesome for me. I hated history growing up. I never, it was so boring to me. Like it Mm -hmm. never made any sense to me at all. Um, so learning about it from an adult perspective is also really cool for me. Cause there's a lot of stuff that I was just not interested in. And now I get to learn it with my kids in a much cooler way than learning it in a textbook.
0: Yeah. You know, I have to agree with that. Um, when I lived, uh, in Maryland for like middle school, high school, and <clears throat> we lived only 20 minutes from Gettysburg and mm-hmm. then, um, going the other directions, uh, Close to Baltimore, close to DC. So we did mm-hmm. field trips and just other trips, you know, to DC. Mm-hmm. And then with my mom would take us up to um, Gettysburg all the time and there's like something about learning while you're standing in the place where mm-hmm. that happened. Yeah, um, yeah, that's really interesting. So have you have you run into any lessons that were a disaster that you were just like, oh my God,
2: I picked the wrong, I picked the wrong one. Uh, thinking not per se, there's definitely you know, like days were off and just you know, not feeling it, or like I'll set, try and have I don't know, like a science lesson or something, and just like all really not feeling school that day. And so, I wouldn't say like there's a specific part of the curriculum or a specific, uh, specific, <laughs> specific
1: <Got> lesson.
2: <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, That didn't work. But there are definitely days where I'm like, all right, scrap the day. Like, we're not going to get stuff done today. And it's probably those days that the public school kids, you know, have the same thing where they're like, "Uh, I'm just, I'm tired. I'm grumpy. I'm not having it. Like, there's no learning happening. So a lot of times we'll just scrap it when that kind of thing happens and go outside or go
0: yeah, learning mm-hmm. to take personal time or or time to soothe or something like that is a, mm-hmm. is a lesson actually, mm-hmm. yeah. and one that a lot of adults don't ever seem to get, and we just work ourselves into an early grave.
2: done this year more work on just trying to be comfortable and uh, less academic work than we've ever done. And I, Mm
0: -hmm.
2: you know, my, the type A planner part of me is like, oh my gosh, we're so far behind. But the rational adult side of me says it was really important to take this time to try and heal our mental health from this has been a really messed up year for a lot of people. And, you know, we are fortunate to get to do this. It's also really hard.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, just, just being isolated and, and stuck in like, you know, it was just Ben and I, just two of us, I imagine the dynamic with four would be even more complicated of just being there with the same people all the time with no Mm -hmm. like release. I can understand how that wouldn't be an environment for learning at some Mm -hmm. times because, because yeah, everything has been different and totally fucked because of yeah. covid. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um so I I mean I it appears that the answer to this question will be that um you feel like you've made the right choice. Like this is this is working for for you guys and for your family. Or you did say maybe your son might benefit from public school. We can you talk about why you think that?
2: Yeah, so <laughs> um I have a love-hate relationship. I homeschool and I have a love-hate relationship with homeschooling. Like it, I think it's the right decision. And it absolutely is one of the hardest things that I have done, which sounds so dumb, but it is just like, it's trying to balance being a teacher and getting them to do the work that they need to do while also being the parent and the caregiver that needs to make sure that their whole self is taken care of. And so mm-hmm. I I have to know when to back off of, um, you know, like I said, like the personal days or whatever. Okay, Mm -hmm. look, you're having a really hard day. I don't know what's going on. I can tell that there's, you know, emotions at play here. We need to back up. Um, So as far as my son, uh, I've talked about it with both of my kids, quite honestly. But there are times where I'm like, maybe public school would be better because they get different work for a teacher than they give for me so my daughter takes a writing course um she will do writing for her teacher all day long because she wants to please that teacher the teacher's fun you know that kind of thing if we sit down and try and do a writing lesson it's absolutely like breaks on not doing it like this is stupid kind of thing um same with so it's always an adjustment it's always me quite honestly second guessing myself um and well, i think I that's mean, just that's part natural. of it yeah. yeah you know like it's just i want the best for them and also it's really hard to know mm-hmm. if i'm pushing them enough and then for my son too he's a, he said he's a social bug so this is this past year has been really tough um yeah and we do see because we're doing this parent partnership, we usually, on a, on a normal year, do see consistent friends and people throughout the school and have classes with familiar classmates and things like that. Um, not having that has been really hard. They're, my Both my kids are like, we want to go back to school. We're so ready. And I think that's what I'm hearing from, from all the kids around us as well, traditional yeah. as well.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, it's hard, you know, not having children through this. Mm-hmm. It's hard... Um, I don't want to say hard, but I guess it's not in the my forethought all the time of like how children have had to handle this this uh pandemic. And I I mean it's gotta be a totally different
2: and just terrible experience. I will say, uh, as hard as I think it is for them, the resiliency of kids is astounding to me. Like they really yeah. do adapt to so many situations. Um my daughter recently has been saying like, mom, no, it's fine. I don't need friends. I'm like, no, 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 absolutely. You do. (laughs) But um, (laughs) you know, there's just a different, she's adjusted. And Mm -hmm. I think once she has those friends, again, the people that are her right fit, she will absolutely say that friends are important right now. She doesn't have that. So she's learned to cope with that, uh, Mm -hmm. state of being right now. Um, doesn't make it easy. Yeah. So, In the
0: future, um, I guess, like you said, you're kind of going, you're kind of going year by year, but do you have, do you have plans or do you have goals for like, oh, we're going to do a trip this year or, you know, or some big kind of excursion? Because you were, you were going to do the RV thing and kind of travel (laughs) and learn for a little while, right? But Mm -hmm. I think you run into some RV issues,
2: RV life, we decided, is not for us. Uh, (laughs) Okay. Bigger (laughs) issue than I thought. I knew Uh, it was a thought,
0: an idea there
2: for a little while. (laughs) And the idea is still hugely appealing. The actuality of, you know, towing a car and unhooking and dumping the RV Mm -hmm. and trying to find a space, honestly, like COVID has brought out all of the RVers. I don't know if anybody has noticed, but like a lot of those parks and stuff are full as well. And it is just an added layer of stress that I don't... Enjoy. Uh, so, we will okay. not be RVing for homeschooling. However, I do find it still really appealing to like, hey, I really need out of here. And so, we did that mm-hmm. uh, back in February, actually. Um, we were both like just all the whole, whole family losing our minds. And we're like, hey, <laughs> big snowstorm is coming. Let's hop in the van, get the dog, and get out of Dodge. It didn't even have a real trajectory. We were thinking we would make it down to Texas, perhaps, where we have family. Um, and did that. It was some of the more scarier driving that I've ever done in my life, but uh, it was yeah. like right during that huge snowstorm, ice storm, um, and where Texas, you know, shut down for a while. We, we waited it out in Arizona, but uh, I yeah, those kind of things are, then. Yeah. yeah, but the, the, the flexibility of homeschooling is really what keeps me homeschooling is not having to go with a traditional. Um, calendar and so i was i was telling mm-hmm. somebody earlier today too like one of the great things is we can school when it makes sense for us so mm-hmm. we do do a traditional you know 9 month um calendar we also can So you start keep the summer vacay feel kind of thing a little a little bit but we just take okay. more breaks more often so we you know like okay. during christmas break that's a really long time off so we'll take maybe like the week of christmas and get like a really nice break in there um, and then, you know, go back to it before the rest of the school goes to it. Cause we're bored. We're like, okay, well now what, you know, we've played in the okay. snow, if there's snow now what, or like in the summer where there's a really long period of time there, well, we're bored, it's hot outside. And usually now we've got a smoke season in Seattle. Yeah, and so do. <laughs> we will school during that time because what else are we going to do? Like, we'd rather get a jump on it there and take longer breaks when it's nicer. So like in April or something where it's really Beautiful outside, and you want to get out, and everybody else is stuck in school. I'm like, hey, you guys! By the way, this is why it's great.
0: Yeah, that does sound really nice. That that flexibility, and then and then, lucky enough, also your husband has the flexibility to uh, work from wherever if you feel like traveling. This year, particularly, uh-huh, absolutely, yeah, right, yeah. of course, yeah. Um, wow, that's awesome. So, tell me if if somebody listening was thinking that they wanted to do this. With their mm-hmm. child, uh, what advice would you give them?
2: Uh, I imagine you have listeners all over. I would say um, the homeschool website uh, hslda.org. Okay, I should totally fact check that, but uh, uh, we'll get it from has, you and and put it in the show notes so people can okay. can find it. Um, yeah, it just has all the laws, and so just you just need to make sure that you're because every state has different laws about homeschooling. Um, Some of them are really strict. Some of them, Washington is really pretty easy. You don't have to do technically any schooling until I think it's age eight. Again, don't quote me, look up your own rules. Um, But a lot of those things you'll find on that site. um, There's so many different types of homeschooling. There are, you know, classical curriculums. There's eclectic, which is a little bit of everything. There's, um, Oh, I'm going to draw a blank on all the rest of them right now, but really just talking to somebody in your community who might know uh, where there's a homeschool resource. Uh, you can really do it on your own. You can find out there's like an infinite number of curriculum out there that you can choose from. Uh, yeah, there's no real place to specifically start. If you're in Washington, there's a great Washington homeschool site okay. as well. Um I appreciate you coming in and talking to us about this. It's definitely
0: um, one of those topics that you know about and you know people do it, but you really just don't know what it's all about. So I appreciate that. Um, is there anything else that you think we haven't touched yeah. on that people should know about homeschooling? You can say no. <laughs>
2: You know, everybody says, um, I always want to touch on it because it is like the number one thing, you know, like what, what, what is your number one thing that you hear about homeschoolers? That they're weird, that they're, they don't have any social um, outlets. And that is just such a thing of the past. It is not the homeschool kids that you and I grew up with. It is very much like, what do you mean socialization? Like socialization with all the same kids that at your grade level, like that's not normal. That's not what, I don't go only talk to 41 year olds in public. I just don't. Um, I talk to everyone <laughs> and my kids do and are able to as well. <laughs> uh, and so it just yeah. really is not a thing. Like socialization is everywhere. I'm not in, you know, a cornfield somewhere doing this with my kids. We're out in everyday life, <laughs> you know, learning from experiences. So, yeah, that's a good
0: that's a good point that's definitely the stereotype and we're the same age so we you know probably grew up with that same same stereotype that is definitely what i would have thought growing up is oh you know homeschool kid is, is yeah. some kind of weirdo homeschool kids yeah. are
2: weird Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) And I I hope. all kids are weird. You know, the people that meet my kids are, (laughs) hey. (laughs) No, they are. They are. I'll admit that. So we
0: got it. So we are uh, dispelling of myths today about homeschooling. Um, Yeah. Thank you so much for being here. I really appreciate it. And uh, I don't know. That's it.
2: (laughs) All right. See you next time.
0: Join me next week when
2: I sit down with my friend Tim,
0: who's going to tell us how a young Canadian boy with his sights set on rock superstardom ended up being the owner of the only hockey bar in Seattle, which, in its nine short years, has been through a hockey strike, a literal explosion, and COVID. This is a journey you don't want to miss. See you then zero shame stories is a space bear media production executive produced by me Lacey j sound engineering and original music benjamin Trim. you can reach us at space bear underscore media on instagram and twitter and you can find more of me at zero shame 40s on facebook and tiktok the views expressed by our guests are not necessarily that of the show we're just here to give you a voice